Well, grateful to be here this morning with you in the room and online. If you're online right now, you're on time. And uh, we want to welcome you to our service one more time. Please hit the subscribe button on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, consider sharing this right now that maybe some of your friends and network may want to jump on this church service with you. Amen. Can we just greet our online family? Make sure they hear, hear you in the room. We wish you could be here. Maybe you could be here someday. You know, I say that because there's some people that are like, you know what, we, uh, we kind of we do our visit for a few weeks online. We do our three-week challenge online before we decide if we're going to go in or not. So um, somebody just say out loud, you can go in. You can go in. You can go in. You, you can. Um, and for those who aren't able to make it or who are joining us out of state, um, we welcome and honor you here today. We're in the book of Nehemiah, and I love this book, Nehemiah, because I've I had a, a grasp on it before we jumped into this series, but since we've jumped into this series, I feel like it's just opened up a whole new thought process. It's unlocked new levels of faith for me and really produced a, a lot of challenge in me. And, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, but those challenges are leaking onto you guys, right? Um, as we're getting ready for 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're getting hungry for the Lord, we're getting out of the lazy river, amen? It's funny because I've just had a variety of people. Uh, just over the past couple weeks, just just tell me that, like, hey, I'm getting out of the lazy river, or text me that. You know, I realized I was in the lazy river, and I don't want to stay there anymore. I don't want to wait till 2023 to make a resolution. I want to get out now, amen? Uh, And the lazy river is a good moment to just chill and take a breather, but it's not a lifestyle. That's how you get all pruney, you know what I'm saying? God has more. God has more. And so I want to go ahead and continue to look at at that, that more, and unlock some things, Lord willing, from the Word of God today. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. let's eat. Let's eat. Father, we pray right now as we just dive into your Word and get ready to eat from your Word. God, we want to hear from you. Come on, would you just pray with me for a moment and just say, Lord, I want to hear from you. Our greatest desire today, Lord, would would not just be to say, I attended church and it was good, but that I actually heard a word from the Lord. So as we just sang, be still my anxious heart and lean into what God would have to say today. Holy Spirit, take the the word of God and, and deliver it to the people of God this morning, that we would grow, that we would get better, that we would be fed, that we would... We would take a step today closer to you. We acknowledge our dependency. Would you just do that with me right now? Just acknowledge your dependency on God. God, I need you. I'm lost without you. I'm a sinner in need of grace, and I have that grace today. Thank you for that grace. So Holy Spirit, speak to us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're in Nehemiah chapter 9, and if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me there. If you need a Bible, raise your hand in the air, and we'll walk one down to you right now. We'd love to bless you with a copy of God's Word today. Nehemiah 9, if you're there, say, I'm there. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Come on, if you're there, say, I'm there. If you need more time, say, hold up. All right, all right, come on, we're going to hold up for you. We want you to get there. This chapter is really a powerful chapter in Nehemiah chapter 9. Um, we're going to do some, some reading from different chunks of scripture today. Um, but I just want to give you some quick historical information about this chapter. In fact, I would encourage you this week at some point, carve out about 15 minutes or so just to read Nehemiah 9. I would say go out on a date. You, the coffee shop, and Nehemiah 9, all right? And just allow this chapter to minister to you. What's interesting about this chapter is that it records the longest prayer in the Bible. This prayer that is in Nehemiah 9, Nehemiah begins to lean into it. And we see so much on display. Not only do we see so much, but one scholar I read out of the Christ-centered exposition, excuse me, um, said that the prayer in Nehemiah 9 is the most significant recording of the Old Testament within the Old Testament. The content of Nehemiah's prayer is basically a timeline of the Old Testament, Nehemiah being an inspired 
by God writer within the Bible gives us these details on these stories, and, and it is fresh. So once again, I just want to exhort you, I want to encourage you, challenge you, get alone with this chapter this week. If you got to say, I got it. I got it. Cool. I want to preach a message to you today that I'm titling, Trust God's Patterns. Trust God's Patterns. Come on, say it with me. Trust God's Patterns. As I was praying through this chapter and thinking about how to go about it, because when you have such a lengthy prayer and such a large chunk of scripture, and you're a preacher like me who likes to go one verse at a time, sometimes that gets a little intimidating because I'm like, all right, we're going to be here for like the rest of the year. And the Lord has to sometimes bump me along and say, hey, just you, you can move a little faster than that. And I just want to catch everything. I, if, if the, the Bible to me is like a, a wet rag. I want to wring out all of the, the gems in it that we would be able to eat from it. But in chapter 9, I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me to just say, follow the patterns. Notice the patterns of the Lord revealed within the text. Did you know that God is a God of patterns? He is. God has patterns that if we could really identify what those patterns are, I think they'd help us in our daily living. They'd help us with our anxiety. They'd help us with our depression. If you're struggling there today, I want to encourage you just with this quick word of God has patterns that can help you. The the very consistency of the nature and character of God, if you put your trust in that, can help you. Let me define what a pattern is, just in case we're we're not on the same page. A pattern, by definition, is is a noun. It's It's a repeated decorative design. God has repetition in how he designed things. God, God is, has a repeated way about how he goes about things. He's a model, a design used as a guide. I want, us to, I want us to look at Nehemiah 9 and find some of the patterns of God's activity because I really believe you can, you can learn those patterns and watch them come true in your life. Somebody, somebody in the back said amen because they, they've lived long enough to know God's patterns are real. Right? Cambridge Dictionary, any regularly repeated arrangement. I want to look at some of the regularly repeated arrangements of God that are, de- that are recorded for us in Nehemiah 9 that I promise you on the authority of God's word will start to come true in your life. Now, once again, as I'm journeying through this book and reading Nehemiah 9, I'm just setting you up on the intro here today. I know it's a little bit lengthy, but this chapter is lengthy and I'm trying to wrestle with it you'll realize there's a lot of patterns on display. But I'm just going to go ahead and save that for you and your coffee date, and I'm just going to give you four, okay? Praise God uh, for four of the patterns that we see on display in Nehemiah 9. Let me give you the first point. We'll put it up here on the screen. The first point that we see in in the the patterns of God here is that, that God has a pattern of keeping. Amen? God has a pattern in his character and in his way of keeping his word, of keeping his promises, of keeping his covenant, of keeping his children. God is a God who plays for keeps, amen? God doesn't just let things go accidentally. I'm grateful that my God is my keeper, amen? I love that on display here in Nehemiah 9. As we look at this prayer, it just begins to get unlocked. Let's look at verse 8 together. He's jumping into this prayer. He's referring to how God called this man named Abraham and how God made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Verse 8 reads, You found his heart faithful before you and made with him the covenant to give to his offspring the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Jebusite, and my favorite name, the Girgashite. I just like saying it. And you have kept your promise, for you are righteous. The the thing I want to encourage you with here today is the longer you walk with God, the longer you'll see that God is a promise keeper. That every promise, oh, I want to clap with you, Ray. Every promise from God is yes and amen in Jesus. The reason why I keep, keep trying to bring some amens out of you is because every promise of God is yes and amen found in King 
Jesus. And so I love the reality that Jesus is a promise keeper. I'm grateful he's not a promise breaker. I think of different scriptures like this. Faithful is he who called you, and he will bring it to pass. So on the days where I feel like, God, are you still here? God, are you still working? God, are you still for me? I can go to a, a promise from God that says, faithful is he who called you, and he will complete it, and I can find confidence in God's pattern. Amen. Because God is a, a God of pattern, right? he's a God who keeps his promises. There's, don't let this message be so simple it goes over your head because you're going to need it on Tuesday. Something's going to happen in your life where you're going to need to be reminded, okay, is God still going to come through for me today? And you're going to need to lean on the pattern of the promise keeper. You've got to preach to your mind and to your heart, if I step out on faith, if I actually do this fast, if I start working out again, if I trust God with my money, if I just go for it like we've been talking about in all of Nehemiah, I wonder if Nehemiah said, if I'm going to really go ask the king to fund me to go build this wall, I wonder if he had to remember God's a promise keeper. God's going to finish what he started. He, he has more for my life. In fact, if I step out on faith and trust him, if I have that optimistic faith, I believe he's going to meet me on the other side of that because my God has a pattern of using sinful people like Abe. If God kept his promise to Abraham, what was God's promise to Abraham? Come on, Bible scholars. Anybody? I'm, I'm going I'm to make him a, a father of many nations. You're right, Rebecca. You're right, you're, you're right Pastor Mike. Here, look, look. God promises Abraham in Genesis 12. You are going to have kids, kids, upon kids. You're going to have a whole bunch of kids. He's now age 100. No kids. Are you sure Pastor Hyden was right about the pattern? Because I know I got a word from God, but I don't sense the activity of God. I'll tell you what. Keeping hold of God's promises will keep you out of sin. I really believe this. Abraham had a moment of lack of faith. He forgot about God's pattern. He goes, you know what? I'm going to choose a different lady than my wife. I'm going to find this lady named Hagar. She's a servant to my household. I'm going I'm to I'm try to manipulate God's promise through her. Instead of holding on to God's pattern, God, God's going to keep his word. God is going to keep. The days where you're like, Jesus, I need you to come back. Friend, just remember God is a promise keeper. I, I, I need you to show up again. Your mercies are new every morning. That's a pattern. So good. That's a pattern. God has a pattern of giving us new mercies every morning. Amen? God has a pattern of coming through on time. Amen? Right? I'm grateful that he's a God who keeps. Nehemiah records this in his prayer. He goes, God, I remember what you told to Abraham. I remember how you met Sarah at age 100. Even though she laughed at you, you still kept your promise and brought forth Isaac in such a powerful way. And even in the moment where you asked Abraham to sacrifice his son by faith to test him, if he really would give everything to follow you, you still came through and provided the ram. God, you are a promise keeper. So I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at today, whatever you're walking through today, you got to keep God's promise too. God, I'm going to keep you with me. You've kept me. You are, you are a God who keeps. That's your pattern, God. Let me give you point number two. Not only are you a God who keeps, but you're a God who sees and hears. Remember the pattern. It's so simple that you're going to miss it if you're not careful. Because have you ever seen a moment where you... Have, has anybody ever prayed a prayer, God, do you see me? There's no, just me. Okay, I'm, I'm, around, I'm around some religious elite here today. Anybody ever pray, God, do you hear me? Remember the pattern. God is a God who sees. God is a God who hears. Look at Nehemiah chapter... 9, verse 9 and 10, as we continue to, to unpack this prayer, it says, and you saw, that's a pattern of God, 
You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, Moses and the gang. As they were struggling, as they were enslaved, as they were burdened with heavy tasks, the people of God called upon the name of the Lord and God saw their affliction. Can I just tell you today, if you are sensing affliction at your job, if you're sensing affliction in your home, if you're sensing affliction in your heart, if you're sensing affliction on the road, if you're sensing affliction just with your own sinful nature and you're trying to Can I just tell you God sees you? I want you to do something that might even feel weird. Just come on, say it out loud because sometimes your words activate faith. Just say, God sees me. Isn't that good news? You probably haven't said that enough. God sees me. How do you know? That's his pattern. God has a pattern of seeing the afflicted. You might not believe it, but you can read it. That's what he does. Not only does he see the affliction, but he heard their cry. Oh, I'm so grateful that God is a God who hears. He heard their cry at the Red Sea and performed signs and wonders and against Pharaoh and all his servants and all the people of his land. For you knew that they acted arrogantly against our fathers and you made a name for yourself as it is to this day. What type of name did God make for himself? Nehemiah goes, God, you made a name for yourself. Ray said, you're the, you're the way maker. God made a name for himself. You know what the name is that I've, I believe God made for himself? The God who sees. The God who hears. Now, I just gave you a quick story, right? I journeyed back to Genesis because, friend, the best interpreter of the Bible is the Bible. Come on, your, your appetite for the New Testament, you need the same appetite for the Old Testament. In fact, I don't think you'll fully understand the new if you don't understand the old. How many times does Jesus say, it is written? If you don't know what was written, you don't know what he's talking about. The, the OT informs the NT. We, we, have to, we have to be journeying in both. That's what Nehemiah's doing here. That's why this prayer is so beautiful. Now, I talked to you about a cat named Abraham who, who fell into sin with a young lady named Hagar, who was the maidservant of Abraham and Sarah, and she ends up getting pregnant with this baby and then Sarah gets jealous of her maidservant that has a baby with her husband somebody say the bible is got drama in it you know what I'm saying you don't need a new housewives reality weird stuff you could just watch Genesis 16 unfold and be like this is bad this is I want to read more what does she what does Sarah do what does she do she kicks her out of the house she pulls Abraham inside look she gotta go and her kid too I ain't I ain't messing with that little kid I mean it's bad it's like sad and so what happens Abraham's like yo you know what stuff happened had a conversation with my wife you know what I'm saying you gotta go <laughs> that's my translation of it Look, look, I, I know, I know, you got to go. And, 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 your, and my son too. How heartbreaking for Abraham. Now, Hagar and Ishmael are wandering in the wilderness in the Las Vegas desert. <laughs> it wasn't Las Vegas. Somewhere in the Middle East, they're there. And Hagar prays a prayer and says, I'm just going to go over here and die. I hope my son makes it somehow. And what does God do? He sends an angel. He opens up a stream. He provides for this broken woman who just got kicked out in this little boy because that's who God is. Look at the pattern of God. She feels like I'm, I, 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 Abraham has the calling of God on his life. I just got removed from his life. And yet God meets her in the wilderness. Look at Genesis 16 with me. Oh, what a beautiful passage. She begins to drink from the stream and she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. <laughs> what a promise. What a word. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who 
sees even little old me. Oh, man. The, the name for it is El Roy, the God who sees me. Friend, we got to pray the names of God more. Like, I love Jaira, provider, but he's also the God who sees me. He's not only Jehovah Jireh, but he also is Jehovah El Roy, the God who has eyes. I've now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called that, Berla El Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. She said, I'm going to name this well that God's homegirl was out in the desert. One moment, I'm going to die. God bless to my son. I'm thirsty. I'm broken. I got nothing left. Next moment, a well. And she goes, I think God just saw me. I'm going to name this well the God who sees me. The, 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 well, the well of life, the Lord who provides. Now, what's interesting, you know, full circle, holistically, right? Like, I don't want to get too deep into this. Always email your theological questions to Pastor Mike. He would be glad to tackle all of the difficult ones. The promise of God for salvation leading to Christ still came through Isaac. The promise that God had given Abraham was you and your wife will conceive a baby and God's promise will go through this baby. The covenant of Genesis 12 will continue all the way to the even greater Abraham. His name's Jesus. And he will bring forth eternal life. But that does not dismiss the pattern of God to still see her. To still see this little boy. That God says, oh, I I still have something in store for you. I'm just that type of God. I'm a big God. Can I just tell you, there's no accidents in the the economy of God. There's no like, I've never seen a scripture where God said, "Uh uh-oh. I've never seen a moment where God was surprised. I've definitely never seen a moment where God was out of control. He's the God who is in control. He made a name for himself. God ma- Nehemiah says, in fact, in Egypt, God made a name for himself. Moses, with a million people behind him, approaches the sea. And I wonder if Moses was like, well, what now, God? And he parts the sea by faith. He puts the, the staff down and that thing open does anybody still love the bible come on we got to read this book again and be wooed by god and his patterns oh friend he's the god who sees i just want to tell somebody here in the room today you might have some secret sin in your life god sees you on one hand that should terrify you should lead you to repentance on the other hand be encouraged that you can go to him with all your brokenness, with your, you have sin problems. God has, I see you, patterns. I'm with you. Let's win this battle. My grace and mercy is new for you even today. I see your affliction. I see your pain. I hear your cries. You can go to him here today. Now, to the people in the room that feel like, I, you know what, I just have everything all together I actually don't even need God to see me. You know, maybe this may not even be, I don't know, just, I, I think you may be delusional, all right? <laughs> to be 100, right? We need this God. You might need him to remove the blinders from you so you can see how he sees, right? Let me go ahead and move into the third point. Third point I think is helpful for us here today, and that is that God is a God who forgives. Notice the pattern in Scripture, God shows up. He gives a spe- specific command. The people of God blow it. God forgives. What a pattern. W- what an incredible pattern that God has demonstrated for us. In the case where God said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to withhold forgiveness. He would still be just and righteous, wouldn't he? 
because he's God and he can do whatever he wants. But yet God continues to work with sinners like us. Sinners who have been saved by the blood of Jesus for those who have put their faith and trust in Christ. Yet we still struggle. And God still forgives. I want to encourage you out out of verse 17. Look at this prayer with me. Nehemiah continues. He says, now, I just want to just envision Nehemiah on his knees praying to the Lord. And he goes, you know, they refused to obey when, and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed. Are you mindful today? Are you mindful of the wonders that God has performed among them? But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. No! Don't go backwards. Don't go back to the lazy river. Y'all want to go back to Egypt and be enslaved again instead of hang with the God who sees you? But you are a God ready to forgive. Come on, amen? I'm just going to clap for that word right there. Mm, I love that verse. I love this verse. But you are a God ready to forgive. Come on, would you read it with me? Let's start right here with the word but. You, can, can we read it together? But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. That's who our God is. That's what you do. That is what you do, God. You rescued these people, a whole bunch of them, out of their slavery in Egypt. You provided miracle manna from heaven. You even provided some quail to just switch up the menu occasionally. You opened up springs of living water for the people of God to, to eat and drink. And the, the, this, the same people said, you know, I think I'd rather go back to Egypt. And I think I would rather even submit myself to slavery of pagan Pharaoh. But you, God, are ready to forgive that? I'm grateful that God is a lot better than me. Amen? He's a God who's ready. Ooh, he's ready. Today, if you're harboring bitterness in your heart, sin in your heart, you've been warring with God. Can I just tell you, he's still ready to forgive you. God's not going to force you to do anything. I once heard somebody put, God is a gentleman's God, all right? Like, God is not going to necessarily force you to love him. He may woo you to the point where you say, you know what, that's irresistible. I love him. I want him. But he's not going to necessarily, at least from my understanding of his character, he's not going to force you because you're not a robot. God's not glorified from religious duty where you have to do stuff. He wants you to want to do stuff. That's relationship. In that moment, he's ready to forgive. Whatever you're holding on to today, if you came in here for the first time, you've never been to church in your life, I want to encourage you with this word. God's ready to forgive. You can call upon the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Him And him alone. And you can take hold of the pattern that he demonstrates, the pattern of forgiveness. That that is what he does. And I want to say this too today. You can then shake off the pattern of sin. And you can take hold of the pattern of grace. I I love what um, Louis Giglio says as he writes on this topic of, of pattern Louis talks about it. He says it like this. He says, God's people following the pattern set by Jesus can stand securely on his word and his character even in an uncertain future. I I love the fact that you you can lean on the pattern of Jesus when things may look cloudy or shaky on the other side and you can say, you know what, I'm gonna gonna find my strength. I'm gonna find my courage in God's patterns. And not only that, I'm gonna learn from his pattern. In fact, Jesus, live your patterns out through me. What if you started to have more Christ-like patterns? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 5, and it says this. As followers of Jesus, therefore be an imitator of him. We're called to imitate Christ. Lord, work your patterns through me. 
The patterns that set by Jesus can give you the security, the security you need to continue walking this thing out. Let me give you the fourth and final point here in the sermon today in Nehemiah chapter 9, and that is this, that, that God warns. You'll find the consistency in the character of God and his patterns. You'll find that God is a God who keeps his promises. God is a God who keeps his children. God is a God who sees and hears you, especially in your affliction and in your brokenness. God hears and he, and he sees. God is ready to forgive. It's his pattern. Whether you take me to Genesis or Revelation, you'll find a God who has a pattern of forgiveness. And I've also found that God has a pattern of warning. For those who have the ability to listen, what will Jesus often say? He'll say, if you have ears, let them hear. Don't miss the warning. Don't waste your life. Don't fall into the same traps. Notice the patterns. God is a God who who warns. I once had a mentor in my life pull me aside as I was just... I think the journey of pastoral ministry has to do so much with leadership development, so much to do with delegating, so much to do with trying to see other people empowered. And I just am am, am moved by that because I love seeing other people lead and other people win. And I just sometimes don't know how that even all shakes out. And I remember asking a mentor in my life, I said, you know, help me, help me do that well. And this brother looked at me and he said, well, look for patterns. Look for people who have patterns of prayer. Look for people who have patterns of faith. Look for people who have patterns of generosity. Look for people who have patterns of forgiveness. And then look for people who have patterns of gossip. Look for people who have patterns of messing things up. It's like everything's good, this person shows up, it gets messed up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's a pattern. Like... I'm not thinking of anybody when I say this, this is just a disclaimer, but I've had conversations like this before where somebody will show up here at Walk Church, God bless them, and they'll say, man, I'm so excited to find this church. This is like my seventh church I've tried out. All this other six were not the one. And I'm like getting weirded out because I'm like, you got a pattern. You might be the problem. And I've found that this church isn't the one either. And I, I so want to just say, you know what? Your pattern speaks to inconsistency. Your pattern speaks to, they're, they're, I, your pattern's off. What happened? You have a pattern of not showing up. You have a pattern of sin. And what I want to just encourage you with is lean into God's warning. That, that was a warning from a mentor in my life that helped me. Like, hey, hi, and don't trust everybody with everything. Watch for patterns because patterns come back around. And then you know what I had to do? I say, do I got some patterns? I had to assess myself. I had some bad patterns. I'm still working on them. Can I be honest? And so, hey, what if we're a church together working on our patterns, trying to be like God? And what is it? Not just working hard to be like God, but isn't it Christ living his life through us? That's why we got to continue to get out of the way. So that Jesus can live in and through us. He'll, he, Jesus doesn't have a problem doing his patterns. Just let him do it through you. What do those look like? Well, you'll find that God's a promise keeper. You've got to start being a promise keeper. You'll find that God sees and hears. Do you see people? Do you listen to people? Do you have the compassion for the Hagar and the Ishmael? Or would you rather just see them die in the wilderness? Man. You start drawing closer to Jesus, you start becoming more compassionate. You start feeling. You ever seen the Grinch? We're at the end of the movie, right? His heart beats, boom, boom. And he's like, what was that? I'm feeling. That's the life of a Christian. You get close enough to Jesus, you might feel like Jesus. The people that you get annoyed by in this church. Lord, help me to be more like you. Help me to see them. Help me to hear them. Help me to, for, help me to be ready to forgive. Ready to forgive. God warns. Let's look at verse 29 through 31. If you're there, say I'm there. 
If you're on the screen, say screen. Hey, I like it. And you warn them in order to turn them back to your law. Yet they acted presumptuously and did not obey your commandments. But sinned against your rules, which if a person does them, he shall live by, live by them. And they turned a stubborn shoulder and stiffened their neck and would not obey. Verse 30. Many years you bore with them and warned them by your spirit through your prophets. This is how God does. He, 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 he's sending prophets. He's sending the law. He's sending miracles. He's sending angels. Yet they would not give ear. Therefore, you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, oh, don't you love the nevertheless moments? Oh, I'm so glad it's not like a period end of book. End of story. Was not happily ever after. God said, you can get what you want. You don't want me? You got it. Nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end of them. Mm, Or forsake them. Mm. For you are a gracious and merciful God. Do you see why I titled this message, Trust God's Patterns? I almost get tired of reading this verse. But God wanted me to make his patterns louder than my sin patterns. Allow God's patterns to be louder than your sin patterns. Can I put that on the screen? Let me put that on the screen. Somebody take a picture of this, write it down. Follow us on social media so you can share this later. Allow God's pattern to be louder than your sin pattern. Oh, I love this statement right there. When I typed it, I just said, yes, Lord, help it to be true for me. I need to allow God's pattern of grace and mercy, forgiveness, love, warning. Don't do that. Okay, I'm back. Help me to get out of the lazy river. God's pattern to be louder than my sin pattern. I read a statistic once that was discouraging. It said it, it, it was an insane amount of people who once had a passion for global mission, who once had a desire to take the gospel across the seas, who once had a hunger to be a pastor, to plant a, a church, to lead a Bible study, to do college ministry, to lead worship, to do children's ministry, to serve the kingdom, and who have checked in all of those dreams and desires because they had a sin pattern, and they just said, you know what, I'm unworthy, I can't do it, nobody will, I just am so low, and I just might as well just live for the world. The number, the percentage of that is mind-blowing, and if I, if I could just speak to you today, because that might be some people in the room today, I just want to encourage you that, listen, let God's pattern be louder than your sin pattern. Don't throw in the towel. Just get better. There's no time to make excuses. There's just time to get better. Come on, take a breath. I'm getting better. I'm a little bit more freer. I'm a little bit lighter. I'm getting better. Like, take a step this year. The lazy river will keep you lazy. Get out of that thing and say, God, I need to get better. I want to be encouraged by your patterns and And I'm going to trust those things, especially when it feels uncertain. Y'all know what I'm saying? I have seasons in my life where things just feel uncertain. Guess what? I need to trust God's pattern. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Pastor C.H. Spurgeon says, God is too good to be unkind. And he's too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. The times where you can't figure, God, What are you doing? I trust you. You must have something better for me that I can't see yet. That has always been your pattern. And the thing that I caught from this message is that, you know what? I don't pray like Nehemiah prays. Anybody? Like, you know what I need to do? Let me give you this challenge. A application from the sermon. I'll put it up here on the screen. Here's a sermon application. Invite God's pattern into your prayer life. First off, mind you, get a prayer life. Talk to God. 
Tim Keller, oh, I need to find this quote. I, I read this just the other day and it moved me. Tim, Ke- Tim Keller said, imagine a child at 3 a.m. who wakes their parent up to get a glass of water. That's the type of access we have with God. I- imagine the access that we have through Christ. First off, get a prayer life. Talk to God in the car. Talk to God in the shower. Sorry, TMI. Talk to God in your seat. Talk to God on your run. Talk to God. Talk to him. Don't let, don't let your best friend be the last voice you hear. Don't let social media be the first voice you hear. Let God be the first and the last. That's the alpha. That's the omega. Notice the patterns of social media. Do you feel more encouraged or discouraged? I find that a couple scrolls and I'm, I'm tuned out. I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm comparing. I'm struggling. I'm what am I doing? Notice the patterns with God. I feel built up. I feel. Notice the patterns of sin. When's the last time you gave into sin and felt good about it? Maybe a never ever. Or, or, or it was very temporary. It was very short-lived. Especially in the context of sexual sin. I've found that that, that, that is the thing that, that keeps a lot of people from Christ. But I, I just want to encourage you. How's, how's that working for you? It's not working. Christ is. He's working overtime to try to get your attention with warnings and grace and forgiveness. And patterns. Notice God's patterns in your life. Invite God's patterns into your prayer life. Lord, I remember when you showed up at Schofield Middle School for me. God, I remember when David went out to fight Goliath. All he had was some stones and a slingshot. God, all I have is $5.80. Lord, you like invite God's patterns, amen, into your prayer life. If you got all that, say, I got it. Got it. I just want to close with a, a quick exhortation on a few things that we are doing when it comes to pattern. All right? I'm just going to make my, my pitch because we're coming up on a powerful week, and I want you to take hold of this message and apply it in your own daily living, and we're going to respond with worship and be out of here. Um, we have a pattern here at Walk Church where at the beginning of every year, We do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's our pattern. We want to start the year going deeper with the Lord. The word deeper, by definition, means beyond the surface. So we said, God, we want to have a pattern that that, that pushes, nudges our church to go deeper. Right? And so we do that at the beginning of the year. And then we do another round of 21 days of prayer and fasting in the month of August and September leading up to our church anniversary. So our church birthday, we're going to turn seven years old, y'all. I'm excited. Seven years old on September 18th. That's a Sunday here, right here at the middle school. We're going to be celebrating. Of course, we're going to have the taco truck. Of course, we're going to have big cake. Of course, we're going to have new merch. It's going to be an incredible time. But listen, before you get there, what we do is we do 21 days of prayer and fast. We want to get ready for it. Because here's what we do. When we turn the corner into a new year, oh, we want to go in with momentum. We want to go in with hunger. We, we don't want to just casually stroll into our birthday. God, I hope you show up. No, no, we've been praying for this. We've been fasting for this. We've been believing for this. So that's our pattern. We start the year with prayer and fasting. Before our birthday, we do prayer and fasting. And we found that God responds to prayer and fasting. In, in other words, Nehemiah 9 shows us that. So 21 days of prayer and fasting starts August 26th. Somebody say, when is that? Friday. So this upcoming Friday, here's what that means. You got about four and a half days to really pray about, God, what do I want to fast from? What do I need to pray about? 21 days strong. Can I just say, you can do it. I mean, even look at the person's eyes next to you and say, you can do it. 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 Like those old Adams said, you can do it. Remember that? Was that a thing back in the day? This came to me. So my, my mind is still being sanctified. You can do it. 
Shout out to Nike. Just do it. Just go for it. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And can I just say this? If you blow it on day six and actually eat the wrong thing, just start again. It's okay. Keep going. Get back up. There's God's pattern is a pattern of grace and forgiveness. 21 days of prayer and fasting is August 26th. If you want some more information about the topic of prayer and fasting, go to our website, walkchurch.com slash 21 days. We have four different types of fasts that you may be interested in learning from. There's articles on what fasting is, what fasting isn't. There's information like scriptures to study this topic more. There's ways to do it in a healthy way that's, that's not going to work against you. I would even say go into your fast prayed up. Lord, what do you want? What do you think I need to fast from? Because you might say, I'm a, all, right, all right, look, I already don't eat this. I'll just fast from that. I'm going to take the easy route, okay? No, no, no. Ask the Lord which, which you need to fast from so that you can trade that hunger and you can replace it for a hunger for him. Okay, if you got it, say, I got it. That's going to go to September 15th. Not only are we uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, but we also have a pattern of doing 24 hours of prayer. At least twice a year, we take a whole day as a church and we give that day to prayer. We do it during 21 days of prayer and fasting because we're already in the rhythm. 24 hours of prayer. That's Wednesday, September 7th. So go to the first Wednesday prayer, September 7th. Start off 24 hours with this. You can stay all night if you want. Or maybe you might get off work at 2 a.m. and be like, you know what? I'm going to go pray. We're there. Someone will be there. We're going to start having sign-up sheets. You're going to be able to access that if you want to reserve an hour. Maybe you might feel led to just reserve an hour and you might want to lead worship in prayer for that hour. You might want to get a group of people that you love and are are walking with. Pray for that time frame. Let's do it. It's going to go all the way up to Thursday, September 8th, where our walk youth is going to have a prayer meeting where the students are going to pray together and continue and close that time out. Not only that, but every day during those 21 days, we're starting a new pattern. For those 21 days, we're going to call it 320 prayer at the land. So for those of you who don't know, God has given us a piece of land. It's a miracle piece of land. And so we've been praying for that piece of land for the past couple years, more than that even, but God's provided it for us. And we take every day at 320, some of you may already have the alarms on your phone, every day at 320, it stands for Ephesians 320, which says God is able to do more than we can ask or think. And so every day at 3.20, we pray. But you know what I realized? We don't pray at the land enough and lay hands on the dirt. I'm a little charismatic. Sorry, y'all. Not sorry, not sorry. I, I like touching the fence. I say, Lord, give us, the, you know, I, I might put some oil on it. We put wristbands on it. You know what I'm saying? Just, Lord, do it, God. Do it, do it. And God says, I'm doing it. Get hungry. So, hey, every day at 3.20, we're going to pray at the land. Someone will be there at 3.20. Get a pattern. Let me give you one more. 21 exercises. Everybody was like, ah, oh, dang it. I was with you. I was really with you. You were doing well, pastor. 21 days of fitness. I don't know about you, but I find when I do some type of exercise, it just unlocks some type of, I don't know, was it endorphins or something? Just It releases something in your mind and in your body. Like you feel like I accomplished something. I feel a little bit better. Oh, someone clapped with me. I like that. Thank you for that. 21 exercises. So here's what we're going to do. On our social media accounts, you got to hit the follow button, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know what? Maybe even TikTok. Go ahead and hit the follow button, but don't get tempted by sin, okay? Just follow us and us alone, okay? No, it's fine. Um, What we're going to do is every morning, we're going to post a quick exercise from somebody in our church saying, hey, this is a guided exercise of the day. Did somebody clap for that? Yes right? And it's just going to be an encouragement. You don't have to do it. But if you're thinking, where do I even start with? I haven't exercised for the last decade. This is a great place to start. Get out of the lazy river. Man, woo! Starting on, uh, starting on Friday, August 26th, you're going to see day one exercise. It's going to go live. Go for it. We're going to start, start light and ramp up. 21 days. Let me give you, somebody say one more. 21 devotionals, 21 devotionals, 21 days in the word. Oh, biblical prayer and fasting is complemented by biblical reading in the word. 
I've personally taken the challenge to write 21 devotionals for these 21 days. I've been spending time in the Gospel of Matthew, journeying through the life of Jesus in Matthew, and just based off of Jesus' patterns and the rhythms we see in Matthew, I've been writing a devotional to lead to a prayer point with the phrase, Lord, help me, for 21 days. I want to encourage you to read them. I think you'll be blessed by the content, but it's going to give you a prayer point each day to pray for 21 days. You don't have to read these. You don't have to pray these, but it could help you and maybe serve you if you'd be open to that. Amen? Are you ready for the 21-day journey? I'm ready. I'm excited. We're going to do it, 21 days. Father, I thank you so much for this upcoming week. But even more than that, God, I thank you for your patterns. Not for a minute was I forsaken because of your patterns. So, Lord, as we respond right now with singing, help us to sing toward your patterns. Help us to sing with faith. Help us to rejoice in all that you've done and all that you're going to do. As we get ready for fasting and prayer, oh, God, we want to see a movement. We want to see momentum. God, we want to see life change in very real ways. Lord, I pray that you, you would continue your patterns among us. And if there's anybody in the room or online that needs to be saved, today's the day of salvation. Repent of your sins. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your trust in him and his patterns. And call on his name right now. Just say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, change me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'll follow you all my days. I believe you died and rose from the grave. I'm a sinner in need of you. So I call on you with faith. In Jesus' name, amen.